Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back, and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome. I'm having a great week, Dave, and it's actually sunny in Massachusetts. Well, it is sunny, which is great because I feel like it's been overcast for about four weeks. But I understand yesterday was a special day in your life. It was. I am another year older and I'm a idiot because I'm a proud middle-aged woman. So I am now 56 and I work in the cannabis industry and I'm cool. I have the Beatles saluting you for your birthday. That's my favorite birthday song. <laughs> Thank you. That's funny. So, you know, and my son graduated from Berkeley College of Music on Saturday. Oh, congrats. So he had a rock band. You know, in my former life, I was a band manager, rock band manager. You know that, right? I know that because <laughs> you've said it on the podcast several times. <laughs> the band was back and they were in my garage. Oh, cool. And we had people at my house and we weren't wearing masks because we're all vaccinated and it was almost normal. So it's feeling like we're on a roll. So. And it was Mother's Day. And my daughter's home. Oh, home wow. So much, Dave. I know. Dang. I know. The band's back together. That's great. The band's back together. Yeah, he actually went and for my birthday, my birthday gift to my mother, who's not doing so great, actually. But mm. she forgot it was my birthday. But we brought Josh over because it's my gift. I brought my kids to her. And he sat outside and played where she is at her, um, her independent living. Mm-hmm. And all the older people were coming by to listen to him play. And it was oh, just awesome. really, it was one of those nice moments. That's so. great. It was nice. You deserve that. You said almost normal. That's the theme well, of that's the theme of 2021. Almost normal. Almost normal. Yep. Maybe we need a new normal. Yeah. Well, that's the whole cannabis industry. We're trying to have a new normal. Mm-hmm. 
Indeed, yes. your mission. Yes. True, true. Um, so before we begin, I just want to thank Irie Bliss for making today's show possible. Irie Bliss is a hemp wellness lifestyle brand right here in Massachusetts, founded by longtime medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show, Sandy Bernier. And I don't have a lot of other things to talk about, except I am following all the Israel stuff. It's a little nerve wracking because I wanted to give a shout out this week to my friend, the Kenigma podcast, which is an Israeli podcast, and they're very connected to cannabis. So I don't know how much you're following, but it's a little scary there today. I haven't been following. I'm sorry. You know, I'm a bad Jew. bombs and things and the Palestinians, Israelis are not, it's not good. No one's, no one's going to win from this, but I'm wishing good things only for my cannabis Israeli friends because I do see them or I hear them on Clubhouse. I've never mm. actually met them in person. <laughs> <laughs> You've met them as far in a pandemic way. Yes. Yeah. It's like the new normal. Yeah. Okay. So today's guest is a founder of Cats Naturals in Tennessee. I think she is literally my first Tennessee guest. And my son, the Berkeley student, might move to Nashville. So I have things to ask her. The cats at Cats Natural, they seek to make positive impact every day, conscious of the need for natural healing in communities around the world. They craft positive experiences by offering therapeutic and organic CBD products for your home and business. Today's guest is a mom, a business entrepreneur, advocate. Please welcome to the cat. Do the Cannon Mom Show, Kat Merrifield of Cats Naturals. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. I'm happy to have you here. So let's see, a big story. Let's start with just your personal health because you this wasn't a natural fit. Normally, just talk about how you got into this world and how CBD impacted you and how that personal experience launched you into this world like so many women I, I meet. Yeah, so... I actually was first introduced to CBD while I was working on my family farm. And I had a farmhand who had brought some CBD down from Michigan. This was back in 2014. Mm -hmm. And we were working in the garden. I hurt my back and he just pulled it out and he was like, well, you know, I've heard that this helps and, you know, it's not going to make you high or anything, but, you know, maybe it will help your, with your pain. And I was like, okay, well, I've heard of cannabis and whenever I've tried it, it makes me high. So I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, I don't know. I mean, it's just what I've heard. So I gave it a try, put some drops under my tongue, uh, sat down for lunch. When I got up, I was like, whoa, the pain is gone. It is a CBD product. Yes, this was a CBD product. Amazing. And so I wanted to know more um, about this because I have a background in natural health and nutrition, and I used to be a nutritionist for women specifically in the Atlanta area. And this was part of the natural healing world that I had never come in contact with. Never. Um, I, I had come because this is the fun. I, I'm not a nature healthy person by nature, so this is all new to me. But the women who I've been meeting who are in this herbal world, I mean, you know, go back generations and centuries of like how women healed, and it's like it was hidden, like it was hidden even though it's part of it amazing right yeah I mean I've used marijuana I've used that for you know helping with my stress levels and helping with anxiety but I had never had a cannabis product that you know did those things plus helped with the pain management and I didn't feel high so this was blowing my mind and back then nobody really knew a whole lot about it So I had to seek the internet because even the number on the bottle that I was holding, they couldn't even answer my question as to what this was and why it worked the way it did. Was it labeled in any way? I mean, did it have like, well, how about the percentages? Did it have that sort of information on the bottle? No, it didn't. It It didn't. 
Okay. It was just that C- it said CBD, you know, it was one of those that probably was cooked up in a kitchen somewhere. It did have a phone number though. So when I called the phone number, they did answer. But when I said, you know, tell me about what is CBD? And they were like, well, it's derived from cannabis. And I was like, well, that's not really the answer I'm looking for. I know that. <laughs> you know, tell me. How? Is this what, what is it? What is yes. it? <laughs> so I actually had to do a lot of research and ended up talking with a company that was out of the Netherlands because they've been working with hemp products and cannabis for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I was hooked up with some scientists there that were working on raw materials and extracts. And they taught me how to formulate And in exchange, I did some importation of their raw ingredients for a while. Okay. And that was how I I got started on it. So, so you're doing this thing, you're on your farm. What is your family? Where are you? How old are you? What's going on with your fam and the poultry? And aren't you like working a farm? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So, so my family and I had moved from Atlanta because, you know, what do Atlanteans do when they're tired of the rat race? We buy farms. Why not? (laughs) Why not? So, so we had bought a farm and we were doing pasture raised pork and poultry, which we had no previous background in at all. And what what, Um, what was the, what was the impetus to go from the city living to raising poultry? Was um, it a life-changing moment or was it just something, a life dream? What happened? It was a life dream. And we had kind of been working towards that. We had a little piece of land, like three quarters of an acre outside of Atlanta. And we had been growing gardens and, and, you know, just trying to be more sustainable. Nice. And then when we decided to move out, we actually bought an 80 acre farm Wow. and began trying to figure out what were we going to do with it. And there was a niche, not enough pasture-raised, sustainably raised poultry and pork. So that was the way we went. And that's interesting. And it's sort of off topic, but you know, Nashville, the whole area, that's a big food foodie place now. So they must it have is. Been, that's a thing. All the restaurants wanting the best products because of the best products, you make the best food. Yeah, we okay. we did well. You know, we we sold every pig we ever raised. We sold all of our chickens. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't difficult to sell the product. It was just a lot of lessons of hard knocks, Mm. learning to do this in a sustainable manner that was good for the animals and good for the people. But, you know, part of that journey was my children. They were homeschooled. I have four of them. And I'm going to get to them at the end, but yeah, she's a mom, a big mom, a lot of mom. (laughs) So they were at that time ranging in age from 14 to five. And, you know, part of our everyday routine was, you know, we get up, we feed the animals, we do our school, we do more farm chores. Uh, We were building a house at the time that was off grid. So we were learning how to live without a lot of the things that we had always had very easily, like appliances in your kitchen. I've got to say that was what I missed the most. (laughs) I love kitchen appliances. (laughs) Oh, you were talking to the wrong girl. I'm like, what? What are you doing? That is not right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And so that was when we got into the farming and, you know, earning money. But my husband was an engineer and he was traveling to India and China doing a lot of um, custom installs on new products going into very old systems. So he was gone a lot. And that was how I ended up with this farmhand because me and my kids were just That's not enough. The farmhand. I, didn't, I didn't even like put that together. All right. So this is sort of fast forward. You've left the city. You're a farmhand yourself. You're hanging out with who's ever on the farm. You're just being, wow, you must have been really in good shape. And you hurt I your was. back. 
your relationship before that with what was your relationship with that before you had that did you consume it did you think it was dangerous like what did you think of cannabis before the cbd moment i have always been a huge fan throughout my entire life you know i was first introduced to it when i was a teenager like most people mm-hmm. and you know, my first experience with cannabis was like the world open. I remember, you know, we were standing in this parking lot of a funeral home in Atlanta and it was snowing. And I just remember it was like this universe that had opened up for me and my brain just expanded. And I was like, this, this is where it's at. And so, you know, back then, you know, this was in the early nineties and. Oh, you're a hardcore dare kid. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, where did you get it besides standing on the corner in Atlanta going, hey, psst, psst, what you got? <laughs> you know, getting the worst stuff imaginable. So when it started to become more regulated in the, you know, mid to late 2000s, my husband is actually from the Northwest. And so we were able to travel there and we saw the first dispensaries opening. Isn't that, I, it was I, I, almost, for, I almost forget now, because I say I had awakening in 2016, but that first moment you walk into a dispensary where it's totally legal when you're not, it, it's just, it's like, what? It's, it's, I know it's very, it's great. Um, I mean, now it's normalized for me, but when I bring friends and my husband still hasn't gone, and like my plan is to tour all of them with him at some point, but it's just a funny, it's just a nice moment. and. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So you went to the Northwest, you saw that it could be normal and you came back and yes. And so, you know, as my children have grown up, we've always discussed this plant. I've never hidden it because I didn't believe that it was anything other than just another natural medicine, which is what it is. Yeah. And since I was in the natural health field and I practiced herbalism, it wasn't odd. And so I've always been very open with it, open with my parents that I am involved in it. And they're conservative. And, you know, being in the South, everybody's kind of conservative. So what was their reaction? Were they concerned for you? Did they think it was a devil's lettuce? Did they worry that you (laughs) need to go to rehab? Like, you know, how did they feel about it? (laughs) Well, I'd already been classified as a witch. Okay. (laughs) It was just part of my witchy thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, they didn't understand at first. But my parents are one of those groups of parents that even if they don't understand, they love me. Excellent. And so they're willing to at least be open to the fact that I wouldn't do anything that would be horrible because they've seen that I don't do horrible things, you know. So that's good. But the best thing that ever happened to me was last year, my mother finally took an edible. And the first thing she said, and she is 75 years old, was, everybody should do this. And I was like, that's what I've been telling you, mom. Success. That's awesome because so many people in this industry, me included, still cannot convince our parents that it's good for them. They're still afraid that we're in drug cartels and that we couldn't possibly be telling them the truth. So think until they hear, literally until they hear from somebody else. That's usually what happens. My friend Sherry has this whole story about her mother didn't hear from her. She's like a nurse in the cannabis industry who understands Mm -hmm. it, really understands it. But she talked to a nun who got off opiates and then her mother said, oh. Oh, maybe this is real. So these, as these stories are powerful. I mean, they really are when they, people who can connect with you can hear what you're saying, especially the, the mom stories, like we're going to get to. All right. So you're doing this thing. Were you growing cannabis or hemp or anything in your gardens before you? Well, grew- I have, that was back in the early two thousands and yeah. I grew it in my gardens right outside of Atlanta. And most people don't even know what they're looking at. So oh, yeah. You know, in this extensive garden, 
it was just part of the lineup of all of these different herbs because I had 72 different herbs growing in my garden at the time. And my dad must have smelled amazing. He was the first person to recognize it. He was sitting in my garden. He goes, Kat, I think I know what that is. And I don't think it's a tomato. (laughs) I know you got a weed in your garden. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. All right. So all right. And then, and the other part, isn't your husband in the military too? Isn't that like another He was off? for 13 was. years. Yeah. Okay. So he got out 2009. So you're, you're coming into this industry with a lot of prejudices, like stacked mm-hmm. against you um, from a lot of mm, institutions, churches, families, military, state, yet you decide this is still a good idea. All right. So you hurt your back, you have the CBD and then what do you do next? <laughs> So the next thing I did was decide to start formulating these products and take it to the farmer's market where we had our other products. Because, I mean, what better way to do it is, hey, would you like to buy some pork? And have you heard of CBD? Oh, that's trust. Oh, my, that's trust and funny. That's awesome, Kat. That's actually, like, brilliant. How would you know how to make things? You just, you're well, very pretty- I have formulated herbal products for a long oh, that's time. True. So, yeah, okay. And so it was just another one of them. And I had spoken with the scientists that were in the Netherlands and they had worked with me for about six weeks so that I could understand how to work with the acids and the, you know, the different molecules. And at the time we were mostly working with either crude oil or isolate. So it was either one side of the spectrum or the other. There was no distillates or beautiful amber liquids at that time. It was like, it tasted bad. Or I could use the isolate and it would taste a little bit better. So kind of my goal was to find something that worked, but tasted really good. And then to add another layer, I wasn't seeing consistency in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to build a consistent product. Which is the thing about medicine. It has to be consistent if you're going to dose it. It does. It does. (laughs) And we were seeing, you know, people would have 450 milligrams one time, and then the next time it would be 250 milligrams. They were, you know, taking the raw plant material and they were cooking it down in their crock pot and there was no real testing done. And, you know, they were just selling these things and people were like, well, it worked one time, but it didn't work the next time. So I wanted to break that apart and I wanted people to love it. And whether it was a product today or five years ago, it's the same product. And again, this is the whole deal, people. I say, do not get your CBD products in the gas station because it is a medicine and you want your products to be, they should be a little expensive because they're being tested and the products are being grown correctly. And you know exactly what's in that bottle and they're labeled and there's a lot of regulations you have to follow. But once that bottle hits your, once you purchase that, you know what's in it. And I know this is hard for this industry in a lot of ways, but it has to be this way or it's just not going to grow as an industry and really heal the way it should. That's what I believe. Absolutely. That's what you're doing. All right. So what, so what year are you doing this? What year are you sort of formulating these consistent products that don't taste hard? So we finally took it to the farmer's market in late 2015. And this is in Tennessee? And Where are you taking yes, them to the farmer's market? this is in Tennessee. And I actually had to go before the farmer's market board. And out of the four farmer's markets, we sold at only one allowed it. And we were kind of the pilot program. And they were like, well, you know, we, we have to ask the local jurisdiction if this is going to be okay. And nobody really knew a lot about it. So we kind of slid right under the radar. So Kat, just what so people don't know, everything's different. So Tennessee, what's the status in Tennessee of hemp, cannabis? What is the status at this, or while you were doing this? So actually in 2014, they opened a pilot program. Okay. And so it technically was legal. And just nobody really knew how to grow it. We were getting seeds brought in from like France and Canada. They weren't growing well. The universities were doing some studies trying to work on genetics. 
but there was only about three or four of us that were working and we all didn't meet until 2016 at the very first hemp convention that was held in Chattanooga. And it was, it was the series where they were trying to promote hemp in Tennessee and they were kind of touring Tennessee and they stopped in Chattanooga. We had a booth and several other people had a booth, but it was the first time I met a local extractor and a local grower. And so the three of us kind of hooked up together after that and said, you know, we're going to work together and that way we can start producing a local product. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017 was when we finally took all of our research that we had gotten from the farmer's market on what everybody was using it for, the potencies that were being effective, the different formulations that people loved. And we decided to launch it online in 2017. Oh, wow. So, all right. So this before the hemp, so this is like the money part. So did you have a bank account? Could you pay my process? Uh, like what? <laughs> yeah. So that and, and did, was, did you know this was going to come to you when you like started? Because what was no. happening at the farmer's market? Were you just selling it like? like I was that, selling it just fine. I mean, it yeah. was really taking off and I was just stoked because, you know, I was selling pretty much everything that I brought mm-hmm. and the feedback was exceptional. You know, I was, everybody was coming back every week and telling me how they were doing versus the week before, you know, they were starting to tell their friends and family, things were growing. So, so were these primarily like like cat, cat, were these primarily tinctures or were these cells or what were people really looking for at the time? What did they feel comfortable with? So we actually had four tinctures in different potencies. We had a 300 milligram, a 500 milligram, 1500 milligram. We had a full spectrum 750 and then we had a skincare product which was like, we still have it. It's a skin serum. And then we had one topical, which was made with Arnica cream and Emu. And so these first six products were what we really launched with. Okay. So you set it up and then what happened with the banking and the payment processing and social media and marketing? Don't talk about all the other things that are really hard. Yeah. So luckily we didn't really we didn't know what was going to happen, basically. Smart. So we set it's up this WooCommerce um, <laughs> platform, and we got it, into some affiliates um, with some people who were talking about cannabis and pain management on Facebook. And so we said, hey, we're going to give you free products for your customers, and we want your customers' feedback. And if they love it, you know, promote us, and we'll give you a kickback. So that's how that was the marketing we did. And then... We set up with PayPal. That was our Mm. payment processor. Yeah. And PayPal started, they were fine at first because nobody really knew what we did and they weren't really caring, I guess. Did you have a bank? Did your bank, did you have a bank? We did. Actually, First Tennessee was incredible. We went in there, told them what we were doing. They set us up with a bank account and they were like, you know, we're big advocates. It was a little bank at the nice. time. So we banked with them for four years, actually, nice. before they were bought by a larger bank and kicked us out Get last out. year. Not kidding. Yeah. But back then the banking was fine. The payment processing through PayPal went fine for a little while. But when we started making like 50000 a month was when their flags started to raise. And they were like, what are these people doing? Why are they making this kind of money? So they dug into it. And I mean, overnight, they shut down our account and seized our funds. And I'm the kind of person that I look at 
you know, every little detail. So the first thing I did was pull out the PayPal contract and I read it and it was like, the only way that you can get your money back within 180 days is to issue a refund to your customers. So I blasted a post that said, you know, we've been shut down by PayPal. We would really appreciate it. We're going to refund you all. We would really appreciate it if you would just send us a check. And 75% of the people did. Awesome. People. So we got almost all of our money back. We That's were able so to stay scary. Up. That's so scary. Yeah. I've never heard of anyone. I didn't know there was a, a clause. No one had, I've never heard that before. It's it actually interesting. That's yeah. actually good information to spread to women who are in this who don't understand what could happen with the payment processing. Because it's like a normal, if you're in the industry, it's just like, how many times has yours been shut down? What happened to you? Right. you know, it's, part of, it's like a thing. So that's a really interesting. I actually interesting... was just shut down last week by another payment processor. I mean, is this is just an ongoing issue. But that's but a really that good first... industry tip. That's like a literally, yeah. like a, I'm going to put that in the show notes because that's such keep, a good industry always tip. Always keep more than one credit card processor all the time. Yeah. We keep yeah. three at yeah. all times. But back then we were shut down 14 times Seems in 2017. Weird, and we just kind of kept hopping and we would always be up front. Like, this is what we're doing. And it was always okay until they started hearing a buzz, maybe from their corporate or whatever that, oh, this isn't okay. And so they would shut us down. Well, finally, we found a processor that it was one of those that runs like the sex industry and Kratom and all that. And they were like, we're high, you know, we're high risk processor. We have high fees. We do keep a reserve account running, but at that time, you know, we were running a lot, you know, every month through our account. So we were like, well, this is at least going to be secure. So we went with them and we actually processed through them for about 18 months, but the entire time we had to keep telling our, our customers, you know, we're not an illegitimate business. We are legal. We are not filtering your funds to some, you know, offshore account. It is pinging back. I mean, it was just constant. So, you know, trying to legitimize ourselves and then we had the ability to actually process through a major bank, U.S. Bank decided to process us back in 2018 into 2019. And that was like a breath of fresh air. We were so excited. We were finally legitimate. We dropped the other bank account for the credit card processor, which because of the rolling reserves, they have a clause that most people don't know about where they keep your money for 180 days. But when they give it back, if you didn't give them six months notice, you were going to drop them. They keep half of that reserve. So we lost a lot of money in that. A lot of people do because you don't see all the little fine print. You try, but you don't, you know, your brain kind of checks out after a while. How can you like <laughs> lawyers? We're lawyers. We're like recovering lawyers. So we know like, this is sad. Why do you do yeah. this to human beings, lawyers? All right. So <laughs> payment processing, huge ordeal, but you yeah. just got two good tips today. Okay. So then Next. in 2019, uh, U.S. Bank found out that I guess some marijuana companies were processing because they also sold hemp. So they all of a sudden overnight said, we're going to shut you all down. We're not going to cover any more hemp processing. And we didn't have a backup. Mm. So they shut down and all of a sudden we were scrambling because we had a, you know, a ton of customers who were needing to, to order. So we called our wholesalers and said, Hey, we need help. We don't have any way to process these orders. Will you guys help us out? We'll push our business to you guys. 
And if you wouldn't mind, you know, we'll help you fulfill. We can do fulfillment, but we need you to process our payments. So they did that for a couple of months. Some of them were like, this is too overwhelming. I just, I can't, I love you, but I can't. And it took us, we, so we fell in this weird loophole. We didn't have enough money to do self-funding through the bank. Cause I guess that was a thing that some of the bigger companies have done. And we were too big for the smaller banks to feel comfortable processing through us because they didn't know if they could handle a refund. So we got stuck in this no man's land. And then that was about the time that Square Space decided to run a pilot program for him, but they would only let us run $10,000 worth a month. And, and we hard. were like, we're doing more than that a day. How are we supposed to do this? But we decided to go with it because it was better than nothing. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of our customers did stay with our wholesalers, which is fine. You know, we lose a lot of revenue, but at least they're still using our products. True. And then some of them dropped off. And when we finally got our processing back up to where we could run things properly, we sent out letters and gave them a 40% off to come back. So things are building, but then COVID hits. Good Lord. And All right, that so this is like-, <laughs> like four months after we got back up and running and we're starting to climb again. And then COVID hit and it was like, what is going on? You know? But the crazy um, part of all this is like, you ladies are, I mean, I'm in it now too, but just you understand what this is. You've developed a product. You know how good it's going to be. Every, the universe or the federal government, or I don't know, they keep just putting it, making it as hard as possible to make money in this industry, which we can't make money. Yeah. We can't actually keep it going. And you still keep going. So if I didn't believe in what this does for people, I would be an idiot to stay in this business. Well, yeah, Absolute what, idiot. And the people who don't believe in it, they're like, I don't know, sure if I believe in it, but I'm going to make money in it. I'm like, first, it's not eh. a belief. But you wouldn't, there's no, there's no, you would have no driving force to keep you going because it's so ridiculously hard for no apparent reason, except it is. So, okay. Right. So you finally COVID, you know what? So we're all down here, COVID, you got it. So then what did yep. you do? <laughs> so we lost a lot of our wholesalers, but a lot of our online customers stayed in and we just dropped our prices because we understood what was going on. We ran a lot of new programs to help with people who are now on unemployment and, you know, have this limited income. We changed a lot. You know, we unfortunately had to let seven people go, which was, you know, terrible to take our, you know, 22 people down to a, basically a skeleton crew. So at this point, um, is your whole farm just doing hemp? Or do you still no, we actually no. aren't farming anymore. Oh, you're not. Oh, CBD okay. took over our life, but now we run a manufacturing plant. And right, that so the, farm, was, the pigs are gone. The pigs and the chickens. Pigs are gone. Pigs okay. are gone. Okay. <laughs> and we actually started our manufacturing plant for our own products because we couldn't find a co-packer who we could trust. When we were looking back in 2017, when we were expanding so fast, I was looking at different co-packers and we were seeing, you know, drums of CBD oil sitting in really hot warehouses or, you know, these people who said that they were cannabis manufacturers that, you know, they, they were way backed up and the lead time was like six months. And I was like, this is unacceptable. Mm -hmm. So I started my own manufacturing plant by just, you know, I built a little building and I put some machines in it. And then we grew out of that within three months. So we built onto it and put in more machines. And then we grew out of that in three months. And so I was like, forget this. We're moving to town. 
and we rented a 9,000 square foot space. So where are you and in Tennessee? What city or county? Are you so near? we're in Dunlap. It's a little town in the okay. Squatchy Valley, little, little bitty place. Okay. But we rented a place. Um, like, like an old mill? Machines. Is it like- so oh. we, we made it, it's more like a, it's more like a pharmaceutical manufacturing, I okay. guess. Okay. Where we have, like you know, a white room. Everything okay. is, is done through GMP. But what did I which, build it? What was the space that you're using? Was so it, it was just a big warehouse. Oh, that, that was literally just there. Convert. Okay. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. It just there. So we converted it, but then within a year we grew out of it. And are you bringing and jobs to this town? Is this something yes, new for them? Yes. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And they're great advocates. I have had a wonderful time being in Dunlap and a lot of the people that we have hired were having to drive over an hour to get to work. And now they're just right by their house and they're closer to their children. And so we employ a lot of women. Oh, and, I love that. You know, they have their kids close by and they don't have these long drives and they can, you know, we're even trying to work on a program for job sharing, but that can come later. But so anyway, you know, during COVID, we had to let a few people go and we ended up with a skeleton crew. But during that time, after the panic ceased, we all sat down and thought, what are we going to do next? This isn't the end of us, but obviously we've got to dial it in and we have to decide what do we want to do with our future? Because the growth had been so fast and so furious that none of us had ever had time to really think, is this what we want to be doing? You know, so during COVID, we kind of restructured ourselves and created a manufacturing entity and Cats Naturals. So Cats Naturals represents a series of brands. We have three brands under that. One is our more medical, which has the tinctures and the topicals, but it's more for people who are looking for a cannabis solution for a medical issue. And then we have our cannabis which we're in partnership with another entity where we create pet products. Mm-hmm. And that one was formulated by a holistic veterinarian. And then we also have our Phoenix skincare line, which is like a, a women's beauty line, really. So those are all under the Cats Naturals brand. But we created a manufacturing entity called All Natural Manufacturing, which is just a subsidiary of Cats Naturals. And we manufacture for other companies because we spent all of this time and money getting all of these certifications because we wanted to have the best of the best. And, you know, then when we don't have the volume, we still have to justify all of these machines. So it just made sense that when everybody started coming back from COVID, they should have a solution. I mean, so what are you, are you white labeling? Is that what that means that you people can say I need a solution or I need a product and I can use it under my label and you're making, yeah, actually, yeah, are, you exactly. making are you making their own, are they make, bringing in their own formulas? Is that the other? Both. So oh, we're both a co-packer and a white labeler. So we have a series of formulations that we already had that have been tested and tried because I'm a serial formulator. I just love to play around in the lab. So I'll create different formulas and then that goes on the white label list. But if they have formulas that they've already created they were maybe being co-packed by another company and they couldn't keep up or they had the same problems that we had they can come to us and we can be that solution for them and we also help with formulation so if people have this great idea but they don't know where to start we help them basically from conception to bottling and give them a one-stop shop lordy lordy cat you're busy and i am busy I think I need to create a Canamom face serum. We should talk about that. Um, yeah. All right. And, and top of all of this. So you're also a mom of yes. four. Is that correct? Uh-huh. And 
we've been during COVID and you're building this business and transitioning. And I know that in Massachusetts, right before shutdown, I didn't know it was going to be an essential item. And I sort of stocked up on my everything, tincture, cells, flour, everything I could find, because good Lord, I didn't know how long it would be. So it, it, it became essential in my life too. So, and it made pandemic much nicer. And my kids came home and it just, it changed the experience of being stuck in a house with human beings. And my kids are older. I talk about this. So what are the ages of your kids? And I like talking to, I just talked about a new book about kids of the industry, you know, children who have grown up in this industry, mm-hmm. but they're still a little bit ashamed because people outside still talk badly about them or don't understand and how these kids are sort of yeah. standing up and they know how to talk about it. So that's the yeah, generation. I'm, I'm yeah. really excited about how my teenage children educate their friends and even their friends' parents. And it's, oh, it's even better. really been amazing. But okay, so my oldest son is 23. Okay. And he's married and out of the house. And then my next daughter is 21. She has two children and she's married and she's out of the house. And then I have a son who's about to turn 18 in three weeks and a daughter who is about to turn 15 in two weeks. Okay. So those are the age groups. My son, my oldest son actually worked for us for a while when he was transitioning. And he did a lot of our farmer's markets because he had grown up in both the farmer's market and the cannabis. So Absolutely. he's a great little salesman. And Love now that. he he actually works as a manager. But then my daughter, she was kind of into it, but just not so much. You know, she doesn't really use it. She doesn't really care about it. But her son was recently diagnosed with autism. So she's rethinking things. Interesting. Yep. That's a big issue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Next. Yeah. And yeah. then my, my other son, he actually did his, did a project in school about the legalization of cannabis and how it can help and how the criminalization has hurt more than it's helped. Amen. And that was a very interesting, controversial paper in his school, but he did get an A. <laughs> And so proud of him. I don't even know him. I know. I know. (laughs) And then my youngest daughter, she is an advocate and, you know, tries to tell all of her friends the difference between, you know, what is hemp, what is marijuana, how both of them have medical uses, what you use them for. Both of my, well, three of my children utilize both sides of the cannabis plant in different ways. My youngest daughter has gone through a lot of anxiety and depression as she's gone through her teenage you know, times. So she uses a five to one CBD to THC and that one works great for her. And then my son, he actually works at our manufacturing plant and he just started, he used to work during the summers, but he just started since he graduated this year. So he's now a full-time employee and he loves it. He was like, you know, I've been in manufacturing. I've been in cannabis, you know, for so long. It just seems like a natural transition. They're like a skill set. Oh my God. I just, I'm amazed by these children. That's awesome, Kat. All right. So I just got to take a quick break. That's talking to the mom stuff. We'll come back, learn more about her products before we leave. Cause she's got a lot of things we want to talk about. So we'll be back with Kat Merrifield of Cats Naturals after we talk about our today's sponsor, Manifest Don't Stress. It is such a great motto and I found it front and center on the Irie Bliss website, a hemp wellness lifestyle brand founded right here in Massachusetts by Sandy Bernier, medical cannabis patient, hemp advocate, and friend of the show. Irie Bliss products can be found in her two adorable shops, one in Rockland and the other in Weymouth, where you can pick up some of the best CBD products in Massachusetts. 
And if you can't make it down to the South Shore, no worries. You can find links to her products on the Canada Mom Show shop, and she will ship them right to you. And you know, I always say you should never buy your CBD in the gas station because honestly, you should kind of know who's growing your hemp. Well, Sandy does. The hemp for her tinctures, her gummies, salves, and pet treats is grown, extracted, and crafted all within a three-hour radius of their headquarters in Rockland, Massachusetts. She visits the farms and vets every brand she sells at her shops. Ivy Bliss is working to illuminate the ways in which hemp can enhance our quality of life and the health of the planet. They are deeply devoted to providing high-quality products that are effective, affordable, and sustainable. And from personal experience, I know they have the best customer service. And just like us, Sandy and her team are on a mission to end the stigma associated with cannabis for moms and caregivers. Sandy uses her profits to support cannabis patients with resources and education through the nonprofit, Her Green Network Providers, where you can speak to a nurse practitioner and get an affordable medical card or care plan via telemed or in person now by appointment. And if that were not enough, she also has a party bus and is available for COVID-safe home party shopping experiences. And as a special gift to you, she's offering my listeners free shipping on all her orders through the end of August. Just use the Canna, just use the promo code Canna Mom at the checkout. Go to our site, Irie Bliss. That's I R I E B L I S S dot com. Visit her shops in Rockland or Weymouth, or book an appointment to speak with a nurse who can guide you on your path to better healing through hemp and CBD. All right, we are back with my guest, Kat Merrifield. You have a lot of products. I love face serums. I love face products. I like pet products. What are some of the your favorite things you're doing now? Like, and what do you see coming down the line for next year? And have you seen a change in what people want since the whole lockdown COVID experience, especially moms? Yes, a lot of things for relaxation and sleep. Lord, we recently yeah. came out with a CBN product. I love and... that. All right. I just started, I just got to back up. I didn't really understand CBN for a long time. And I had a consultation for my mom. That CBN, CBD thing, that's different. Yeah. That really, I always wake up at 2.30, 3 o'clock. It's like almost like a pattern. I figure there's no way to break it. You know, and I wake up at 6.30 now and I haven't woken up. It is just, it's very weird. So, and that's not a sleeping pill. It just kind of makes you stay. I don't even, what does it do to you? <laughs> so, so we kind of say that, if you've ever left a bag of weed in the back of a car and it sat there for a while and then you dug it out and it gave you couch lock, that is the conversion of THC to CBN. So CBN is actually a, na- a naturally occurring cannabinoid within the plant, but it's a degradation of THC through extreme heat and light. So, you know, it's converted, but it gives you that super like, limbs feel relaxed, brain starts to shut down, and you just want to go to sleep. And the way it works with CBD just seems to be a great match made in heaven. It, it puts you to sleep, keeps you asleep. And then it, you know, a lot of people take melatonin. And melatonin was actually created to just help when you have jet lag. So when you're taking it on a regular basis, it's actually disrupting your Arcadian rhythm. And then, you know, we have electric lights, we have busy, hectic schedules, our brains don't want to shut off. And so that with the melatonin issue, we've got this 
you know, very difficult soup going on in our brain where your brain's going, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Staying awake, staying asleep. I don't know. So, you know, CBN just kind of That explains modern American women. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, you know, the CBN works on the receptor sites to help restructure that Arcadian rhythm. And it helps put us back into the, the rhythm we're supposed to be in. And over time, I'm interested to see if once it's been reset, do you have to stay on these products? And this is just research that hasn't come out yet, but oh, I love that. I'm always I'm, interested on this. I mean, I am curious because I did not, and I'm in the industry. I really didn't understand that you're supposed to use this like a supplement. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you take it every day. It's a daily thing. And then I was wondering, well, that's awesome. Like now I know how to use it properly, but how long is it forever? Like, is it a point where you, like, I don't know that I've never asked. Well, that it is a before. daily thing, but like any supplement, once the body has gotten used to something, it tends to build a resistance. And so you find yourself needing more and more and more of it. And that's in all cannabis and frankly, all herbs. Right. So you want to take breaks. So I usually say, you know, take it for about eight weeks, take a few days off, take it for eight weeks, take a few days off. For people who are using it for really chronic issues, that can be panic inducing to think of taking a few days off. So we suggest that they switch back and forth, like maybe take one type of supplement, like maybe a CBD with a CBN or a CBG, and then switch to a full spectrum and then switch to just an isolated CBD. So when you're switching all of these constantly, your body doesn't have a chance to build up that resistance to a specific strain. And then if you're using regular cannabis, just switch your strains. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's oh my gosh, we're running up on time. I'm sorry. Oh my, this is a conversation I never have. You have to come back and finish this. Yeah, I just. I would love um, to. I don't know. This is like sort of this idea. So okay, it's medicine, and we know it's science, and we know it works with our endocannabinoid system, and we know that we can isolate it. But maybe it's better as a broad spectrum. Maybe it's better as a full spectrum. There's so many questions out there. We do know it works. Some of it is anecdotal. At now, it's more. I just, but this idea, like, so you're you're thinking about that next stage. I like that idea that. And I talk about this as women in the industry where elevating the professionalism mm-hmm. and we are thinking about it a little bit differently. So you've struggled obviously to get to this point where you're successful. You have these products in the world, which I should talk about more about running out of time. And you're also going thinking about the next level, which is building this network of, I don't know, women in the industry who are changing, creating a new kind of business. I think that's what I yes. think of it as. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. All right. So Kat, if people want to find your products, are they only in Tennessee? Can you find them anywhere? Do you ship them everywhere? How do they find what you have to offer? So we do ship to 38 states and you can go to www.cats, that's K-A-T-S naturals.com. Or you can look for retailers in your area. We actually have retailers in about 27 states. We used Mm -hmm. to have more, but unfortunately COVID has taken a lot of those people out. And I'm so sorry for those businesses, but we are also in several countries. And if you have trouble finding a retail location, you can go to our website and look at retail locations near you. And it has a list of all of our locations. If they want to reach you, how do they connect with you personally? And if they're interested, oh, if they wanted to have like a product, if they had a product idea or if they had a wanted a white label, is that through you? Is that a different Yes, absolutely. How- so please reach out to me at kat at catsnaturals.com. And you can send me an email and we can help you build your business the way you want to have it and launch an incredible product line. And I just want to say the caveat of we don't do cheap crap. So if you want your product, 
to be wonderful and quality and to have all of your stamps and certifications and really make a difference in the marketplace, that's us. Yes, because you know what the thing is? I keep thinking the women in this industry, we're lighting the path. You know, we're lighting the path and we're going to do it right. So we want the path to be bright and we want to be done with dignity and respect for the plant, obviously. And we want these products to work because absolutely, it's not just about money, even though I did kind of come into this for money, but someday it'll happen. <laughs> well, we like it. We like it to be both. We want to do something that makes us money, but we also want to help the world. So, you know, having a win-win. That's an awesome thing. All right. So for my guest, Kat Merrifield of Cats Naturals, how you connect with her, everything will be in the notes. Uh, my Canabro, David Yaz, thanks for joining us today. My and pleasure. I would like to say if anybody would like to purchase our products online, we'll give you a 20% discount if you put Canamom in the discount code. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, All right, we'll put that's that- awesome. <laughs> Canamom, Canamom month, because this is a month of Canamoms, May. We're doing all Canamoms. All right. For my David, thank you. Catherine and Hayden, the Canamom Show media gurus. They are doing another great job. I hope you are following. I know I don't have it up. The women of the amazing Technicolor Cannabis Quilt giveaway is still open. We have more things to give away. We have an ardent decarboxylator and a box from my Jane. So enter to win. Tell me what your favorite podcast is. You could win the quilt. You could win other stuff. And you'll be supporting all these amazing women. And I'm going to be supporting, of course, Elevate Northeast Scholarship to help get other women into this industry, help educate them and give them some capital to help get them in this amazing place. So that's our goal of the Canamom show this month. So please enter. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Canamom theme music. They are both college graduates now. Yay. Oh, we didn't even talk about Nashville. Um, <laughs> and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canamom show where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry one can of story at a time. Please follow us on social media and listen anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I am Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary. And I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.